everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for another misadventure here on the podcast, because, you know, things are going to go awry when holodecks are involved, my dear friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How you fellas doing? Doing good. Glad to be back. Missed, missed you guys last week, last episode. It like two um, weeks ago. Yeah, last episode, you know. <laughs> I was I was not feeling well. I was like <laughs> I was not feeling well. I don't know what it was. It was like a 24-hour thing though cuz like mm. man, I went to work that day and I was like that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean And so I like I told my assistant principal like at the end of the day on Thursday, I was like I'm not going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> Like, I shouldn't have been here today. And she's like, oh, that's fine. Well, you know, it's fine. Use your sick days. We'll get a sub. You know, Fridays are short days for us anyway. Um, But then, like, I woke up Friday morning and I felt good. I was like, dang, if I had waited, I would have went to work. But you know what? I had the sick day to use, so I might as well use it. There you go. So I just basically had a Friday. I basically had a nice Friday off. But, man, that... That night, I was not feeling good. How many sick days do you get? Uh, I give. I have forty hours of state and thirty-two hours of local, so that adds up to nine total days. Well, there you go. You yeah, might as well there. use them, right? Might as no, well use them. Funny. I, yeah, I, I just, I know some teacher friends and everything. It's like I have like three sick days a year. Oh. Good, good, good job. <laughs> Three sick days a year, really? Yeah, it, it's it's pretty minimal, but I mean that's like you know teaching like elementary school and like high school and stuff. So I don't know how to just a public level. That's all I do. I teach high public high school. Well, then you're just uh you you're just a lot cooler, Eric. I don't know yep. what to tell you. State of Texas, baby. <laughs> Better than Ohio. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> oh zing! I'm wow. not a teacher. <laughs> I know you're not. No, no, you're not. <laughs> I just met wow. Ohio in general. Uh yes, the the great state of Ohio. It's good times. Mm. Sure, that great is sarcasm, isn't it? I don't know. I'll let you be the judge. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Okay, so Eric was sick. Uh-huh. He was sick. Were you accused of having the man flu, by the way? No, no, it was it was legitimate. It wasn't the man flu. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was legitimate. Okay. Very good. You know, like um you had you had something um like the last time that we were, you know, chit chatting about the the previous episode. And I I wanna say it was the next morning or maybe afternoon i started to get like a tickle in my throat or something and by saturday morning like my throat was like pretty sore like i think it was like post nasal drip or something like that so like i did what everyone does and ignored it and then drank some hot tea <laughs> um and it it kind of was okay but it was like still hurting most of the day and then i woke up in like severe pain severe pain like 3 a.m on sunday morning 
and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have a trip coming up. I can't, I can't deal with being sick right now. So I did what, um, I should have done the day before I got on like teledoc type stuff, you know, and they're at like 4am. I'm having a two minute conversation and walk away with a steroid. And I think once it finally got filled, I think the thing got kicked within like about two or three hours. It was great. So, yay. Yay, steroids. Woo. So I've been pretty healthy lately. Lately? <laughs> right. Yeah. Lately. Lately. I'm very tired. <laughs> uh, we've uh we've been uh cookie baking so doing holiday cookies and somebody had the great idea hey let's just make cookies for people like eight different cookies you just gotta buy those little round sugar cookies they're like the best cookies ever the world would cease to exist without those cookies so those are the backbone of society (laughs) here's here's the thing about those little sugar cookies eric so we we were gonna do you know the the whole big thing uh uh, we did peanut butter cookies with little m&ms in them we did peanut butter cookies with the hershey kiss in the center we did uh, mexican wedding cookies we did uh uh you know just a chocolate chip did some no bakes did buckeyes she wanted to do cake pops so we did cake pops ashley says hi by the way um hi. So, hi. So we, <laughs> she's not in the room don't worry uh, <laughs> so we did all that and we were looking at the boxes and she got these really nice boxes and we're like oh those don't look full enough so then i was like i'm gonna go to the store after work and get the sugar cookies with little snowman in the center. And guess what? There were none there. Not a single one. I went to two different Kroger's. None of them had them. So I made sugar cookies and it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it was too much. It was too much. We, we've been like two days making cookies. So. Mm. <laughs> mm. Wow. 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 I kind of miss like that process of like just making a complete mess in the kitchen, like just making cookies and stuff yeah yeah i don't have enough counter space to do that yet yet (laughs) it's it it's rough i mean like i was just turning out dough in the in the mixer and she'd ball them up and put them on trays and up more dough more dough uh i i I used to do it with my grandma and she used to make like 12 different types of cookies every year and that was just sort of like one of the traditions that we used to do so it is nice but boy it's it's a lot of work I don't know how mm-hmm. that old lady did it year after year, but she did. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we uh, we went to uh, we went to Florida. That was fun. Since the last time we were all together, um, which is also the reason why I didn't have time to be sick. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had a a professional conference um, on the back half of the week. So uh, we've, I mean, my wife, she's known for a while and she's like, can I go with you? Can we do Disney? I'm like, let's do it. So uh, we, we had known since um, like this past March, basically that we were going to, to do it. And we were like, we're not telling our daughter, we're going to completely surprise her. 
and everything. So we made arrangements and she like, she's pretty smart. So she knows something's up. Like, so we had our, our, the Christmas concert, um, that we were a part of. And, um, after the last show, we went and got dinner together. And then my son, you know, went with, uh, with the grandparents and like, she's come back with us. She's like, well, why isn't, why isn't John coming with us? I'm like, well, Nana has to, to take him, you know, somewhere in the morning and we have to take you, um, somewhere in the morning. So it's, it's okay. Like the somewhere for him being school and the somewhere for her being the airport. So, um, we, we told her the next morning, like I bought like this little aerial, like Christmas ornament. Like she's like just obsessed with Ariel from the little mermaid right now. And I'm like, Hey, do you like this ornament? She's like, yeah, yeah. And like just being really cute about it and everything. And like, do you want to meet her? Do you want to meet Ariel? And like her face like lit up and, and stuff. So it was really cool. It was really cool. We went, we had her bags packed. Everything was in the car, ready to go. And um, yeah, we did that. And we went to um, Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom one day and Magic Kingdom the next. And man, it was it was great. Now, you guys, I think I was chatting with you folks about this, uh, but just just for the heck of it, if I can get this to work. Um, David went to his Mecca not too long ago with um, with Hollywood Studios and Galaxy. <laughs> I went there too and completely desecrated it. Um, I I just I decided got you got to desecrate this thing. So I wore my my Star Trek shirt, of course, in the Star Wars font. And um, and yeah, there we go. It's a good pick. Good picture. <laughs> and I love, like, I don't know if, like, David experienced this when, when you were at Galaxy's Edge there in Hollywood Studios, but, like, the Stormtroopers and, like, just the other, like, cast members that are there, they like to, like, really razz you and, like, and stuff. And, uh, like, one of the guys is like, oh, no, you will not live long and prosper here, sir. No, sir, you will not. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and like, one of the uh we 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 were able to do rise of the resistance so um that was a really cool ride by the way yeah that was i I think i like smugglers run better but rise of the resistance was was awesome um but even like part of the ride like where you're like walking and you get to this one i won't spoil it but you get to this one part and like you're just being told to like line up um some of the the cast members there were giving me a hard time too. I, I loved it. I, I was eating it up. I'm like, this is what I wanted. I wanted to have this rise out of people, no pun intended, um, <laughs> going there with a Star Trek something or another on there. So, um, had, had, it, had such a great time with it. Did you come back with a wizard tube? No. Oh, you poor, 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 poor man. No, I did not. Um, but if I can get to it real quick yeah well let's yeah let's let's just let's let's go there for a second because uh because why not who's your just while i'm while i'm doing this like on the fly um favorite jedi or maybe or maybe top three if you can't pick one qui-gon jen number one qui-gon jen um obi-wan too obi-wan i know that's like easy to pick those two but yeah um i don't know 
that's that's t- that's top two. Okay. So we have you said we have uh, what Qui Gon and uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, th- th- those are those are pretty pretty easy top two there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got to hold Cal Kestis's lightsaber yeah. from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. That was dope. Um, big, I I love the heck out of that. And um, also, Ahsoka's lightsabers. That was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's probably going to be um, like Obi Wan, Cal Kestis, and um, I don't know if I want to say Qui Gon or Ahsoka, but it, they're they're there somewhere. Also throw in Kane and Jarrus there too as my three. Yeah, Kane and Jarrus is, is pretty good. Was he actually a Jedi? Yeah. yeah, he was knighted. I mean, was he? Yeah. Yeah. He was knighted by the Force, yo. Okay. This is about to turn into a variety show, just like David's <laughs> podcast about to turn into a variety show. Oh, or has turned into a variety show. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we had a great time, had a great time there. And um, apart from that, fellas, um, I I know we're on a long, long Jensen Lodge meeting here, but like I I have one thing I have to say. I have to, I have been told that I have to say this. Can I go? Um, If it has to do with David? It has nothing to do with David. Nothing to do with David. No, it has okay. nothing to do with David. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm just gonna say it because say it. we're on a long ramble and we're we're just going here, right? Good. We Fine. might not have a lot to talk about on the back end of this. Anyway, so you know, I don't really I don't listen to this podcast back like after we talk. I don't know if David does or not. But like I was like, I know what we talk about, but then I like forget what we talk about like not too long later, right? Yeah. But like but like Raquel, she listens to to this, right? Every little bit helps, right? She just listens to this opening little ramble part, right? She doesn't listen to the actual content. She's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm just, I just want to. She's like, I just want to hear what you guys talk about, right? Because I'm interested in what you guys talk about. And so, like, she was like a few episodes behind in in her in her listening, but we were going somewhere Friday night, and she was like. Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play one of your episodes just because I'm behind. What'd you guys talk about that episode? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like if it wasn't even last week's episode. You're asking me about like a month ago. I don't know. What we talked about, and it was an episode. It was just you and me, Chase, and and I. Just, we were doing the ramble. We were talking about. I just got my computer, and you were talking about how I sent you that picture. And you saw the Picard bust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had my headphones on it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just thought it was a cool place to put my headphones. She's like, that's the whole point of it. Like, (laughs) it's literally designed to be a headphone holder. Like, that's what it is. I was like, really? I thought I was just doing that. She's like, no, that's why I got it for you. Because you got this and you needed a place for your headphones. It's like, oh, I thought you were getting it for me because it was a cool Picard <laughs> bust, and I like Star Trek. She's like, no, oh. it's a per- I, and she she like, I'm, look, here's the Etsy page, right? Headphone holder. 
and then and then you know it's up here behind me now but it, it right. i was setting it on the on the side part of the desk like on the side over here but yeah. um and uh but i have something i have my old computer there now so i got dual computers i can work on <laughs> but um but like we uh you know she has a she has a german shepherd that a uh, dog that doesn't live with us now cuz we couldn't bring it to the apartment like full time but we bring we bring her dog hercules over every now and then for like the weekend we're trying to get get him used to being here with us and used to being around the cat my my cat <clears throat> um but like he was like he we brought him here one day and like the door to the office was open and he was like growling at like like really growling at something and like the hair on the back of his neck was standing up like he was like ready to fight something and we're like hercules what's going on and we look in the room and he is growling at the picard head (laughs) he like thinks it's someone in there like hiding in the dark and he's like at the ready ready like jump on this thing like oh my god we had to we had to we had to like hide it and be like distract him so he couldn't see us hide it yeah and after we hit it he was like still growling and like you could tell he was looking for it wow wow it was just funny it's nice so the other thing that i wanted to mention real quick and that's that's hilarious i love that and i'm I'm glad that she bought you a, a head a headphone stand by the way not a bust um so the the other part of the trip just real quick um it's it was for um, a professional group that i'm i'm in and um it's the association for creativity and counseling and um so naturally we do like stuff um like creative related stuff or whatever and um i did two presentations one was on my dissertation research and the other one was um on exploring or it was called um to boldly go exploring um the mental frontier of star trek um so i actually did a professional talk on star trek um at this conference which was kind of cool and um we had themed days so like i think it was a what friday was a beach day so everyone wore like hawaiian shirts and lays and sandals and stuff like that and then saturday was dress as your favorite character day and since i was presenting with other folks on like the star trek piece i did just that so um that was um for those of you that might be watching this it's uh uh, me and then uh, the person on the left um their name is roxy and the person on the right their name is laurianne and um yeah Chase, are you about ready to walk over the back of an imaginary chair? (laughs) (laughs) You got the awesome, like, pose where you're ready to, like, swing your leg over the back of the chair. Darn right. (laughs) Darn right I am. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, enough enough of that. Let's 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 move on, shall we? (laughs) Let's let's talk Trek. Everyone, this is your red alert as we go into spoilerific territory. 
we go into uh, this newest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Season 1, Episode 17, Ghost in the Machine. Fellas, like I may or may not have alluded to, we have ourselves another Holodeck Goes Crazy episode. And uh, before we get into that, though, we have... um, we have this episode starting off with um, our intrepid crew um, apparently running a simulation on how to like deal with, I guess, Starfleet and this like living construct and and you know like there's the whole issue of like we can't connect with them or whatever because it'll make things go cray cray. Um, and I think along the way we hear things about, oh, do Morse code, or oh, do this, oh, do that, and it's not working. And simulation. Let's try number eighty-eight next time. Um, so yeah, like what? Any any thoughts on how this opened and like just like this whole communication thing that was going on? I mean, I actually like this idea. That's literally the purpose of the holodeck, right? I know it's for recreation, but yeah, like let's use it to run simulations to to prepare ourselves i feel like that's that's good leadership i've got to believe it was dal who came up with that idea i mean we did we don't know for certain but i've got to believe that it was um maybe egged on by janeway a little bit hologram janeway a little bit but i I mean that to me that feels exactly like what a captain should do is like let's let's prepare my crew in like for a high stakes situation where you know the stakes aren't that high because we're just on the holodeck and if something goes wrong we can learn from it and and i like that idea yeah i did too i mean i I thought the little morse code phaser message was interesting because we've we've talked before about like there has to be a way around direct calm contact something that would you know, bring the virus over to another ship. And it is relatively clever. The only thing I kind of was, was thinking about as I watched it, I was like, I don't know, is is a simulation actually going to catch on to that? Like, did they do enough programming to really program in real Janeway and her potential reaction? Because I feel like something, I don't know, I... I, I I feel like that does seem like the plot of a of a Star Trek show. You're just a standalone show. It's like, oh, they're they're firing at us. Wait, that's Morse code. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking like that actually is kind of clever, and maybe they're, you know, unfortunately setting themselves up for a little bit of failure. Maybe getting discouraged. But like any, I, I assume they had other ideas like this. Maybe one of those actually might work. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I don't think they've tried it. I mean, if they did, it, was, it had to have been off screen, but you know, like they, they went to like that, whatever it was like that black market, something in space elevator land where like our mad scientists lived, you know, and like they got parts to like fix things. So like, I think the, the thing that I'm just kind of curious about is like, why couldn't we just scrounge for some like non-federation type gear type resource type of thing like you know get like an old Coleman lantern or something write a a handwritten note 
you know, and like launch it. It's like floating in space, like have Didn't, like some kind of like like tile marker on it where it can be picked up. Didn't David suggest that a couple weeks ago, like a space billboard, or was that you, Chase? Yeah, yeah, I think he did billboard. the billboard, but like, <laughs> yeah, truth, like, yeah, like can't can't contact you. Weapon on board. Please help or something. Yeah. Like get like an old like you know like um, like go like the whole like Spock and the Genesis planet kind of thing. You know like don't put Spock's body in there, but like just get the shell, man. Get like a shell and like you know here have a pizza. And oh by the way, we can't open anything with you because your ship will go crazy. I definitely feel like there's a way around this. Oh, yeah. But you have to, they're kids, right? We keep, I mean, like, this is, if this was a full crew with Data there as your your operations officer, right? You'd be able to figure this out. Or Kim. Yeah. Or Harry Kim. Yeah. Or Jadzia. Or Jadzia. Or Worf. I think Worf can do it. I mean, come on. Let's, let's just be honest here. <laughs> He's a pacifist now, dude. Dude, I, I off topic, but that picture, that that clip that we got of of Worf meeting Picard, dang, Worf looks good. <laughs> <laughs> off topic, but <laughs> somebody come brought on, it up. Come for February, Eric. Come on, man. <laughs> hey. Anyway, so yeah, we we have that, and um. I gotta say, like, what happens next? I I just had like I I literally laughed out loud um, in the multiple viewings I had of this episode. So they're they're feeling defeated and stuff. So they they go their separate ways, and Dal um, goes back to his room and is like, you know, turn the music off, um, turn the lights off, let the darkness take me. <laughs> laughed so hard every time. I just I thought that was just I just thought that was too funny. Um, but then we just have like like random things. Yeah, just happen, but before like, that, before that, the way they deal with disappointment. How do you deal with disappointment? Eat your feelings. You eat your feelings. You eat a yeah. big old bowl of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> who would who would whipped cream? I guess I don't like whipped cream, so you know I'm kind of there. I'm kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but pile it on. Pile it on. <laughs> Eat our feelings. Let's eat our feelings. Like, I've noticed that when Counselor Troy is feeling sad, she eats chocolate. <laughs> I want six chocolate sundays. Six. <laughs> I'm feeling really bad. <laughs> the real question is, what type of ice cream were they eating? Yeah, like it almost looked like it almost dots. looked like potatoes, <laughs> right? Strange ice cream. Maybe it's Denoblian, Denoblian, uh, chocolate vanilla ice cream. That's let's a stretch. Move. Let's let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. So we see something that is apparently only like a holodeck creation, basically. Like we we, we find out it's like this little critter that apparently um, is like making some noise, walking around. Like, hey, how the heck is it? outside the holodeck well I want to make a comment but I'll keep going with that thought for a second um, and anyway something's going on maybe we never left the holodeck guys um, I have a question 
Can I, can I, can I ask? Okay. Um, why are we surprised by this? Look, I'm just surprised at how much you don't want to talk about glitter smooch. Okay. You just want some glitter smooches over there? Like, why, what, what, why are we so like, oh my gosh, there's the holographic something outside the holodeck. There's freaking Janeway. Everywhere uh, on the ship. There are holometers yes, everywhere. everywhere on the ship. Yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you stop to think about it for more than a second. And that's where this show has been so smart in its run. And I feel like lately it's not been very smart no we still haven't used the 3d printer since episode one or two i want to say yeah it makes me sad. well no we printed we printed dreadnought in time amok that's right we did but still right. we've barely eight. used our 3d printer and it makes me very very sad yes okay that's all i got yeah we never left the know. holodeck <clears throat> Some the hollow emitters must be malfunctioning. No, there's hollow emitters everywhere. Yeah, we never what left if, the holodeck. What if this? What if this is like friggin' Inception? What if this whole story isn't even real? Like, what if we're actually on like a hollow suite back at like Starfleet Command or something, man? Like, what if? What if the end of the show, Dal wakes up? And he's back on Tars Lamora, right? He never oh. left, right? It was all a, a simulation by the Diviner, right? Oh, no. You've always been here. <laughs> My progeny. What if the Diviner said that to Dow? Oh, boy. Oh. Puked a little in my mouth on that one. Yeah. So. Anyway, we're stuck in. We never left the holodeck, Whoosh, and the facade goes away, and here we are in some creepy gothic thing. Or maybe it just looks like Sukal's ship. Mmm. Mmm. Forget what that thing was called, but. Mmm. So yeah, this is where. Um, this is the part of the episode where um, Zero becomes um, Sherlock Holmes uh, data and uh, yeah it's great um, and I feel like this was like either like an homage to people that love um, what are those called um, uh, escape rooms or it's um, an homage to people that um, hate escape rooms <laughs> have you ever done an escape room no i i was gonna do it i think once and then like it got canceled like as like the party or something got canceled so we weren't able to do it yeah have you ever done one eric no i'm not okay. interested no well next time y'all are in town let's go do an escape room or not <laughs> Eric is attentively <laughs> smiling on that one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so we go in there. It's this old, yeah, gothic, like, Victorian kind of library something going on. 
and um, we're stuck, and we don't know. Jankum what to hates do. it. Yep. And um, we, our 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 um, intrepid um, crewmate Zero's like, ooh, this is like part of like my program, like my holodeck program that I do, and I love doing this kind of Sherlock Holmes type of stuff. And the the mystery will happen at midnight. Great. Yeah, so, and when I solve the mystery, the arch always appears right away. Right. So like that's that's what we're working through for the rest of the episode. So I think we can like maybe fast forward some of this stuff. So papers appear at everyone's feet. Like the 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 was it the mystery is is a feat. Like like a little Sherlock. Yeah, the mystery is a feat. See, yeah. it's at our feet. Get it? Ha. Yeah. Huh. Wink, wink, ha! Ah. Bunch of overlapping papers. These overlapping papers, like where they figure it out, like to put them all together, and it forms a skeleton key. And then, like that's what we need to be looking for, basically. And then next thing we know, like the whole room changes into um, like an alleyway. Can um, we just get a soundtrack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Where we end up in Jacob Jenkins' um, um, holodeck program, basically um, fighting a bunch of Tellarites, like bigger, like like street gang Tellarite type folks. Um, one of which has a skeleton key uh, tattoo on their chest. And yeah, by the way, okay. no safety protocols. Okay, yeah. So like Jenkins, like, oh, don't worry, I got this, and he's cra- cracking his knuckles, and then like. Like, I get he's got, like, a mechanical arm that can, like, pull his hand in and change into a multi-tool, and one of them can be, like, a light. But, like, both of his hands start to glow almost like he's a firebender or something, <laughs> right? It's like, where did that come from? He's, he's Mega Man. Well, he's, he's, he's Mega, Mega Man. Man. He's, he's got his, like, his power upgrades, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where, where did your hands all of a sudden, like, start to shoot plasma f- firebend or want whatever. some freaking plasma I'm shooting for my freaking hands okay <laughs> want some sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their like, head that's weird <laughs> like I get one hand is the multi-tool <laughs> but not both hands yeah and then he starts beating him up and you're right he gets yeah I'm not worried I can do this all day and then he gets beat right across the face like ow that actually hurt the safety protocols are off. Yeah. And uh, along, like, through all this, you know, and finding out, like, safety protocols have been uh, deactivated, um, we also hear from our last Tellarite, like, you're never going to get out of here type of thing. Um, as we're looking at this skeleton heat tattoo, and the scene changes to this noir, big goodbye, um, black and white thing, which I really... I was really digging that. I like that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I guess, Murph's holodeck program. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Murph, Murph goes in there and goes up on stage and does his his song and dance. He's lip syncing. Is he? <laughs> Murph can talk and sing. <laughs> yeah. So we have quite a few things that are going on, like between you know Murph singing and just being a goofball but we also have Gwen going to uh, the bar talking to this, this barista who just so happens to look like her daddy um, not her daddy though and um, just having like a little bit of like bar therapy right there I guess 
Yeah, like and, every um, bartender is a good therapist, right? Yeah. Especially in the movies and TV. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, like the best therapist in Star Trek is a, bar- is a bartender. Guinan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guinan is a much better counselor than Troy ever was. I, yeah. That's the side. Of, I'm planting my flag there. Okay. I, I agree. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Oh, I was going to say, um, do y'all, okay, so you remember um, in um, the episode uh, Kobayashi where we got like all like the uh, cameos from like past Trek alum? Was it just me or did like all the. I don't know if you'd call them gangsters or what you'd call them, but like just the folks that are sitting around the table and like doing different things. Did a lot of them look like the like Leonard Nimoy, like look like Spock or something to y'all? Like it, it just like the way that some of them looked, it looked like the Spock um, design that they used in Kobayashi. To, to me, at least, it did. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that neither. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Very interesting. Very. Yeah. So shenanigans ensue. What happens, guys? I don't know. The gangsters start gonna come after them because we ruined. We interrupted their club. We opened up a suitcase and saw latinum. Mm-hmm. And fighting ensues. Escape tries to happen, and um, I do want to. I, I think I, I think I'm I'm okay with this, but um, I liked how like the key, like you know, this key is like this um, almost MacGuffin for us, like for this episode. Yeah, because we're in the key club now. Right. And I like the fact that like it keeps changing in a way, and that it the key, like it seems like that piano is like missing a key or something. So like originally I was thinking like, is there going to be a key change? Is there a missing key? But I liked how they used, like, they kept using, like, the key thing, especially, like, with the piano. I did think it was kind of weird that Rock Talk knew exactly to go to, like, that particular um, key on the piano and, like, lift up. Like, I was kind of expecting, like, we'd have to, like, open the top of, like, that Steinway or whatever that was and, like, you know, pull something out, not turn it into, like, a freaking, you know, port key slash Stargate. <clears throat> yeah, it's also interesting that that Rock Talk knows like human piano, and, he, and I guess I guess like, yeah. I mean I guess music is universal, right? Where where uh, music for you know this I don't know are the scales, right? We discovered in Children of the Comet that music was universal, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess it, you know it doesn't matter, but like. <clears throat> the fact that she's able to notice, right, that the one key is off, right? Yeah. It's pretty special. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, you know, Rock Talk has gone to, like, that particular program with Murph since they're buddies. But I think that that might be, like, a slight stretch. But, I mean, at the same time, we also have 24 minutes to go through this adventure as well. That's true. Um. So the shoosting has begun, and Rock Talk somehow was able to get into the piano. Again, Eevee suits and pianos. I don't know, whatever, bigger on the inside type thing. We got some TARDIS-type action going on. It's whatever. Um, 
And this is the part of the episode which I would like to just, um, you know, give some love to all the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword fans, uh, where we have almost a shot-for-shot recreation of, I believe it's the uh, Tentalis um, boss fight um, coming up from Skyward Sword. I have no idea what that is referencing. I know what the, I know what the Legend of Zelda is, but, but beyond that, it was like <laughs> what this reminded me of this this scene. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of that show, Love, Death, and Robots, Mm-mm. right on Netflix. David, have you seen any of that? Nope. You're familiar with what it is, though, right? No. No. <laughs> There's a show. On Netflix, it's called Love, Death, and Robots. It's executive produced by David Fincher, and it's like a bunch of sci-fi shorts. They're all animated. They're maybe 10 to 25 minutes, maybe 10 to 30 minutes, somewhere in that range. They're all animated. They have different animation styles, and they're all you know, somehow related to science fiction or horror. And there's one of them. It's called... I don't forget what it's called, but like... <laughs> there's some alien monster that like is in the hold of a ship and it like in the hold like a ship like a a, a sailing boat right like a like a master and commander type boat right <laughs> and it and it like tries to take over the ship and and affect the crew and whatever anyway that's what this reminded me of gotcha gotcha well so yeah, I mean, Dal just wants to be around a crew that, you know, likes him and respects him. But they're all Tellarites again, right? Yeah, all, all along the way, they're Tellarites. Which I like kind of Dal like would, Yeah, Dal wouldn't have made them that way, though, right? That's how you know the programs are, are overlapping still. Yeah. Which I, I think I do like the fact that we've had so much love and focus on Tellarites in this show compared to all the others before it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we have we're we're still looking for the key. We're still you know trying to figure out how the heck we can get the arch to appear and end and everything. And um, we have like that thing show up, like the little critter that Rock Talk works with, show up, small and big. Um, and. We have Tellarites offering like fruit platters as well, and just looking all over the place, and just things just are getting nuts, you know. Like we're again no safety protocols, and now this little tiny thing is now turned into a giant kraken, and it's great. Well, well, just just slight backup because there was a part where we had gotten a hold of Janeway to try and turn back on the safety protocols, sure. in which Dal gives her his command codes to reinstate those now whether that happened long term or not there you go but that may or may not be important to this episode maybe it's all it's fine um so we're rock talks like launching like fruit from a cannon yeah cause it's not angry it's just malnourished mm-hmm. <laughs> I prescribe fiber and what? I don't remember. Cool. Um, so we're 
I guess like one of the thing that we that um, we we neglected to mention also is like in the in the key club, uh, Rock talks like why is it targeting just our programs and not the other bajillions of programs that are are built into this sucker? And of course, Zero's like that's a great that's a great observation. So we we're at the point in this where things are just going awry. Like we don't know how this is going to end. Like it's just going on. It's a quagmire. It's never ending type of thing. And we we realize um, what if the whole point was for it to never end, and we just have to decide not to play this game anymore, and maybe that's how it will end. And um, we end up back on the holodeck. You know, we end the program essentially. We're on the holodeck, and Janeway's showing up like, "Oh, thank goodness you you you're you're doing okay." And that's where this whole reveal of sorts of <clears throat> you know yeah zero figured it out right the the search for the key there'll just be another clue and another clue because yep. it's trying to distract us from the real question why are we stuck in here mm-hmm. so apparently the living construct like this basically like super crazy horrible computer virus basically um, has uh, essentially hijacked Janeway's programming and made it to where they were in a never-ending loop to never be able to escape this <coughs> until they essentially would give up, right? Um, and just go to, <coughs> go to Starfleet or give codes or something to connect with Starfleet. And that's what Yeah, be- because, at the, because when they were failing... We forgot to mention this because when they were failing over and over again, they they thought I think it was Gwyn who just said maybe we should give up on trying to go to Starfleet. Yep. Right. And so they're like, I guess the corrupted Janeway took that as can't can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. Got to keep them. Got to keep them. Can't let them decide to not go to Starfleet. Um, and we confront hologram Janeway on this and naturally has no memory of it happening and just, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Um, and next thing we know, um, you know, like, you know, never wanting to, you know, do any intentional harm. Well, you, you, you got us out the neutral zone and here we are right in front of the Dauntless and scene. Okay, but like I, I, I want to talk about this this ending here because I have I, I, I have questions. Okay. Yeah. So this episode would have you believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that from the moment these kids took over the protostar, from the moment Janeway popped up and said, "You know, I'm your training hologram." From the moment she showed up, she was corrupted by the living construct. The living construct was in control of her, and it has one mission, and that's to get back to Starfleet. Is that the is that the interpretation that you came up with? Like from the very beginning, this program was corrupted. Janeways. I don't know if I'd given it that much thought, honestly. Okay, because this this was all I thought about since I watched this episode. Because, like, 
I don't know if that makes sense, like, at all. Because if that's true, if that's true, there's a moment where the Diviner literally takes over the Protostar. And it's like, I want to go back to Starfleet. But Janeway as a program is actively working against him. Like, if she was corrupted by the living construct there, you would think at that moment that that programming would have taken over and would have stopped her from working against the Diviner in that moment. Makes sense. It's like, I just, I don't know if I can, like, buy into this storyline. Like, that from the very beginning, like, she had one mission, and that was to get back to Starfleet. Not because, like, she was trying to help these kids, but because that's what the living construct was telling her to do. And, like, they're like, all all your guidance, you were pushing us to go back to Starfleet, and it wasn't because that's what you wanted for us? It was only because of this program was telling you to do that? I just, I don't know if I like that idea. I don't know if I buy that idea. Yeah, and I mean, I don't... I mean, Zero kind of said here that it... Because that was brought up. It's like, no, it was only when we decided to stop effectively on this path that her sinister motives presented themselves. So... I don't like the idea either, but it is pretty darn sinister if that was the actual course, because the whole point was the Diviner wants the ship to go to Starfleet. You have a hol- training hologram here. Hey, let's go to Starfleet. You know what I mean? And I, I think I think one of the one of the themes within the show is is you know kind of building trust and finding out a little bit more about yourself and and trying to get comfortable with yourself and in your own role and everything and maybe it's also an exploration of even trusting the thing that you thought would be a constant for you since the beginning Um, because how many how many young people could honestly say that like they've had their trust misplaced by the one person that they thought that they could always could trust so maybe it's like a way to again because it is technically like a kid show maybe it is sort of a way to connect with some of those themes and so forth like that but i don't necessarily think that hologram janeway from the beginning was just following the diviner's orders but i think at this point it's like okay living contra- construct has tried this 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 and this and it still hasn't gotten to its end goal so finally we're gonna release the crack in here and uh, and he basically got him there so maybe it's just another tool Maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's not the way I interpreted it, but maybe. You know, it's a way to think about it. Chase? My mind is going somewhere that's maybe slightly unrelated to what we're talking about. Um, and David won't like this. And Eric, you probably won't like it. You definitely won't like it. What if there's two protostars? 
explain what if we have like we know that Chakotay went to the far flung future and that's how like civil war and whatnot happened on uh was that Solom? So the plant's called Solom? Yes. And we know that the protostar was sent back remotely. But what if like there was like somehow like some kind of like a like a Doctor Who kind of vibe kind of thing where like we have like a protostar that like has like occupied like one point in like time and space and then we have like our protostar which is also occupying one at time and space and like Chicote is going to show up at the last minute in like I don't know gamma um, like the like the other protostar basically so one's going to have a living construct and one's not going to have a living construct and that's how we get around this whole issue that we're kind of talking about like with timeline issues with the living construct versus not the living construct that's a reach, but similar things have happened on Star Trek. Chase, you You're just welcome. hurt my you just hurt my brain. Did I? <laughs> yes. Okay. I really hate that idea. <laughs> but <laughs> But I hate that idea. No but <laughs> I hate that idea. Yeah, David right. doesn't even acknowledge it. You, you, you might have hurt his brain, but you have now hurt my feelings. So, <laughs> head and heart—that's what I do. That's what I do. <sighs> yeah, it, it does. I mean, like all that theory crafting I just said—you know—to the side. I mean, it does create an issue from a narrative standpoint, right? Like, yeah. like with everything we we did, like, oh yeah, like there, this 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 character is here to like train and support the crew. So yeah, what what are the motivations with this hologram program now? You know, with it having been hijacked or or whatever. But wasn't there some sort of like protective factor though like with it being like in hibernation mode or something like for so long I, I don't know I don't know I don't know I don't like to think of I don't like to think guys like you think Star Trek is about thinking I mean come on now <laughs> this is what happens when you pay attention to like stuff like we paid attention to like like really like mile long star dates, right? Which we haven't had a star date in a while, by the way. Like, yeah, I, I mean it's it's like it's like point one after who cares, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wanna think about this, but like I really think we're just dragging out the story at this point. I want to know more about like Asensia and like what's going on. Like we have three episodes left, you know? I mean, 
I just, I really hope that we don't go and do what we, we've been doing like with some of the other Star Trek shows of this era and having like exposition dump and hoping we can stick the landing for the finale. Did I, did I go, go there too soon? I see David's making a face of some kind. Yeah, I mean, not what I'd like to see either, Chase. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're going to... We have a two-part finale, though. Right? So, so yeah, we have next week's episode and then a two-parter after that. Supernova part one and two. Which, by the way, now I'm concerned because there's a video game out, Star Trek Prodigy, Supernova. Like on all of like the major platforms for video games, so now I'm wondering, do I need to play the game before this episode comes out? No, because I don't play video games. Yeah, I, I do. I do hate like mandatory tie-in stuff. <laughs> that's that's pretty darn annoying. Yeah, yeah. Like the tie-in stuff should be a supplement only, like. Picard, The Last Best Hope, was a supplement, right? You didn't need to read it to understand season one of Picard, but there was some information there. Yep. Right? But you didn't need to read it. Mm -mm. No Man's Land. I mean, that was... I felt like that was, like, slightly required. I mean, I didn't read it. I listened to your guys' recap. And I'm good. good <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. All right. Let's move on. Let's 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 uh, do our evaluation stuff. So, uh, let's move into the Delta, looking at the different divisions um, of service. Y'all know the drill. Um, Eric, what say you? What say I? I say I like the idea of training on the holodeck to prepare yourself, you know, to try to figure out how to get out of this. Um, that feels like good command to me. And I've got to believe it was Dal who came up with that idea. And so I want to give Dal a, a leadership, a command delta for that. Um <clears throat> I mean, looking at the rest of the episode, like, I don't know if anybody's really in charge when they're going through all the scenes, right? I mean, Zero kind of takes, like, charge of, like, oh, well, we have to solve the mystery. And then at the end, Zero's, like, kind of like, oh, do nothing. Don't try to solve it. Uh, but, I mean, is that command? I don't know. But, like... I feel confident. Like I'm like I want to give Dal the benefit of the doubt here. Dal is a character I feel like has earned the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to give him a command just for that opening scene. Um uh, Feels like Zero figures it out and he figures that like out what's going on. Like do nothing. We're locked in here. Is that some kind of science or operations, or does that fall under command? Uh, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I can't. I can't say. It feels sort of like an operations to me. Um, 
Yeah, I'll give an operations for him. I mean, I don't really know about science. I'm going to punt on that one. Yeah, so for me, like, thinking about the the deltas this time, like, I think the they all take turns, like, doing, uh, like, some command type stuff. Maybe... Maybe not Jankum though, but I, I think like the command stuff, like you definitely see that happening, like in, in like from from scene to scene and like idea to idea and how they're like kind of dealing with it. Um, I mean, operations. I mean, we're talking like communications, logistics, security, tactical. Um. I don't know, like that feels like a stretch, like with with like this whole like escape room kind of thing that we're dealing with. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know, like the like the idea of like Morse code, like you know, like alternative ways of communicating. I think like that's maybe good. So I think I think there's there's a case there for. Um, the operations division getting some love, but the science, I just feel like the science side of things, it, like the jury's out. I mean, if we can somehow figure out how to scientifically explain, you know, glowing wizard hands by Jankum, then cool. Um, but I only feel comfortable giving two out of the three for this particular episode. So, David, what do you think, bud? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I, I, with, with the science, I, I'm not quite... Uh quite there but I would say um, operationally uh, creating what did they say the next is their 87th or 88th time so creating that many programs I, I don't know if that's something that, that the crew is doing or Janeway's running but either way like the, the creation of all these potential simulations and, and running all these ideas through uh, would, would be you know fairly operational in the, in the sort of the, the programming aspect and, and as far as the command I, I think that there was a little bit of a um, little bit of that shown by a couple of characters I mean obviously like I, I do want to give credit to Dal and and even throughout the episode he did seemingly try and push them towards like finding the next key now obviously that wasn't really the true root focal point here that was sort of the road so in a way he kind of got a little a little bit tricked by the program i think zero was sort of the one who who kind of pulled them back and and again i i think you could give give dal if you give him as eric said the benefit of the doubt that these ideas were his in the in the training simulations which i'm, I'm gonna say probably was a, a bit of maybe a little bit of everybody one thing I am somewhat disappointed on, though, is is Gwen is the kind of the first one to give up here, which which kind of stinks. I, I I would have liked to have seen maybe maybe that the because we we've sort of uh, I don't know have we dubbed her the first officer? I've always kind of looked at her as sort of like first officer here. I've kind I've kind of commented on that um, a little bit with her being like the number one for the most part. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you, it might have been you, Chase, that had given her props in one of the episodes yeah. where maybe we didn't. Yeah. Um, 
but you know again i, I think i think i can give the, the command and just uh sort of keeping each other grounded but i don't necessarily think it was just one person i think i think everybody kind of got a little lost along the way and then they sort of supplied their own little bit of logic to the puzzle and then i think it was kind of zero who broke it open at the end so got to give some props to zero there so two out of the three ain't bad as as meatloaf would say (laughs) all right oh there we go sorry science maybe next time Um, all right let's move into our uh, our number rating one to ten one being a dumpster fire ten being amazing um, let's go with Eric Glass since he's got a little bit of cleanup duty on on ratings. Um, yeah, David, how would you rate this episode? Okay, so one of the things that I am not necessarily the 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 biggest of fans of, uh, of uh, is. Uh, season-long arcs. I, I kind of like Monster of the Week stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why Discovery sort of didn't hit some marks for me. I think that this was actually kind of a nice little contained episode trying to reason their way through uh, a seemingly impossible situation. Uh, they don't have a way to communicate with Starfleet. It's something that they desperately want to do. They need help and they can't get it. I like the fact that they were trying to run through simulations in order to bring something to the forefront, bring something new. I I, I like the Morse code phaser fire. I actually thought that was pretty clever. Like, I I think that that probably could work, you know? Um, And... You know, in a way, I, I, I like the fact that they have sort of almost blindly trusted each other for quite some time now, including Janeway, Hologram Janeway, who unfortunately winds up being the, the sort of the, the bane in this episode. And and even that little bit of a turn, I, I, I think, isn't bad. Um, I, I would say that the episode as a whole kind of felt a little cheesy at times, you know, going into some of these puzzles, they all have these, you know, somewhat stereotypical programs that they're running. Like Jankum wants to beat people up and zero wants a mystery novel and Murph wants to sing, dance in front of crowds like flubber. So, that that part it, it, it was it was just a little bit of cheese but it wasn't like bad bad cheesy um but it, it, it's it's a cliffhanger episode as well so it's a setup episode and historically i don't think we've given we've given like setup episodes or like those sort of drive-by episodes particularly high scores because we're kind of waiting for the second episode. I know historically I haven't because I'm waiting for that second episode to come through to see what the payoff is. And sometimes I kind of wish they would have, they, they could wrap it up a little bit differently to where it stands on its own a little bit more, but that, that might just be too nitpicky. Um, 
certainly wasn't as bad as last week and i and i honestly don't think that it was as bad as masquerade either which we all were a little lower on but I, i'm i'm kind of like I, i'm almost at this point waiting for like a payoff and this is this is the feeling that i started feeling with discovery like what's my payoff and is it going to be worth it so my thought process here is is my payoff going to be worth it i've had a really good time through the season so we've said it so many times had a really good time in the first half of the season and we've started to diminish a little bit here and if the payoff isn't good episodes like this just they, they go they go down the chute because that the, the setup wasn't worth the payoff so i hope that they have a really good payoff at the end of this or or, or it's going to be it's going to be disappointing it's going to kind of spoil things for me a bit um so but i i, I kind of enjoyed the episode only got through it once i don't necessarily think i need to watch it again though like i don't think that there's anything here that would hold me uh you know that i, I need to watch it again it's not a classic so i'm gonna go with a 7.2 7 for david okay so I enjoyed this episode. Um, I watched this episode in my hotel room when I got um, to the conference hotel. And then um, because it had been uh, several days, um, because we did not record this episode like the same day that it had dropped. Um, but um, I watched, I did watch it again. And I enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was. Um, um, certainly a lot better than Preludes, um, a lot better than Masquerade, and um, you know, right around. I'm, I'm in agreement with David about like um, it being like probably closer to like the crossroads kind of territory of a rating. Um, I think there are issues, you know, that um, Eric brought up, like like from a narrative standpoint, in terms of like this living construct and how. When you think about it, it does cause some issues with how Janeway is or isn't. Um, but like at the same time, like this this episode felt like like a respite. Um, like it was, it gave us an opportunity to kind of let us just kind of catch our breath and like just breathe. Because um, like I mean, we've had like some duds here in this back half. Like we've had more duds now than we ever did in the first half of the season and i'm right there with david like okay we have three episodes uh yeah three episodes left so how are we going to stick the landing are we going to stick the landing you know um what what's going to help us land the plane and what's going to you know also kind of help us keep kicking the can down the road more and more and more um if we, you know, go into like season two type of stuff. So, um, I think, I don't know. I really don't know what else to add. I mean, it's a fun episode. Like this might be an episode that like I, I come back and watch, you know, every now and again. Um, like this might be like a sick day kind of, kind of episode. Um, and like, of course, if I'm doing like what Eric did back in the day, um, you know, like doing like a, a rewatch or whatever, like, of course, I'd watch it then. But 
I don't know if this would be one that I would come back to all the time. It's an enjoyable episode for me. Um, and I'm probably going to maybe get some crap on this one. I don't know. But um, the number I came into with, I think I'm going to stick with. And um, I'm going with a uh, seven and three quarters on this one. So uh, with that, Eric, um, you weren't able to join us last time. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Preludes and like how you'd rate that episode. Um, and of course, um, this week's episode as well. Okay. Okay. I have a couple of things to say here. So like David mentioned, this is a setup episode needs, it needs the payoff, right? Without, if there's no payoff, then this episode is, is terrible. Right. And so we have to, we have to see about that. And then Chase said, this episode felt like a respite. That's literally what last week's episode was like, we're in the middle of this chase. Like, we met Janeway. We literally, Dal and Janeway, had a real conversation. Not Dal and hologram Janeway. Dal and real Vice Admiral Janeway. They had a conversation, right? They met. We were there. And then we took off on a chase. And we're chasing. And we're chasing. And I feel like this chase that is like the interesting thing like i want to see what happens with when janeway real janeway meets up with the protostar crew we have pulled the e-break on that story like i remember going back to season three of of discovery we're in the middle of this hunt you know what's the burn what's the burn how are we gonna figure this out and we like took a two episode just like we didn't even try to put on our brakes. We just like pulled the emergency brake to take this detour to take care of the Georgiou storyline. And we're like, wow, all the momentum we had was just gone. And I feel like that's what last week's episode did. Like we're in the middle of this chase. We just got chased in the neutral zone. Janeway almost blew up the protostar. And now we're gonna take a full episode to stop and look at everyone's backstories. Like, uh, interesting backstories. I like seeing, you know, what happened with Jankum and how Zero, like, became to be captured and became a weapon for the Diviner. But is that the right place to tell that story? The answer is absolutely not. Like, last week's episode made no sense to me at all. And, like, I didn't like it. But, like, I came here, I came and I looked on our spreadsheet and I was like, dang, I did not see that coming with your guys' low ratings, especially David's low rating of a 5.8. I was like, whoa. But I get it. I haven't, I haven't heard that episode yet. I haven't heard David's full thoughts on that, but I get it. And I, I wouldn't rate that episode that low. I might give it, like, a 6.1, like just because I think the stories are interesting, but man, did we, st and, and then like super dumb, but like when, when the diviner is talking with Asensia and I forget what weird solemn name they gave her, like I'm the something or other, you're the, the diviner. Ridiculous. And I, the what? I think it was the, the 
Vindictor, Vindicator, Vindicator, whatever, some yeah. dumb name like that. He's like, oh, you made a you made a progeny so she could keep going on your mission, but why did she betray you? And the diviner's like, she made a boy. Like, no, that's not what happened, diviner. She didn't meet a boy and turn on you. You literally left her on Murder Planet to die. <laughs> Like you literally <laughs> left her behind. Like you're the reason why she turned against you. It wasn't because she met. She, why did she turn against you? She met a boy. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. That's literally not what happened. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I just like that's not what happened. On to this episode. We took a respite last episode. Why are we taking a respite two episodes in a row? We're literally, we're not going anywhere. We're not, we have no forward momentum at this point. It's like, okay, maybe at the end you can say, oh, this was all a, this is all a trick to get us out of the neutral zone. But like, I still feel like there's no forward momentum here. And it's really frustrating because I was really super into the chase and we, we, no chase anymore. And like, I just I don't get it. I, I like this show has been so smart. And I really I really feel like like if we're going to be 20 episodes in and we're not going to even wrap up this like opening story. Like man, I feel like we wasted a bunch of time here. And, and that's just how I feel right now and I I don't think there's any justification for making us wait so long. I really don't. And I I feel like if you're going to end this story in three episodes, we're going to get a Discovery-style exposition dump. Like, I think that's going to happen. And I'm not, I'm not into it. And, I mean, I can't in good conscience, like, give this episode, like, a 7.75. No offense, Chase. I know you liked it. and I And I get why you did, but, like... This is a dud for me as well. Like, it it really is. Like, and that's like three duds of an episode in a row, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I'll say, of the three duds in a row, it's the best episode of the duds. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I might give it like a 6.75. And I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it. I mean, I'll watch it like once more as far as like for our our, our um, retrospective. But like, I'm never going to be like, you know what? Let's just go watch that episode. Is this the most um, diverse rating that we've had? Yeah, I think we've been pretty consistent, yeah. right? A yeah. full point from our biggest to our lowest. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I'm curious about one particular thing. Hold on. Please hold. No, no. I, I went to Unification 3 for Discovery because I thought that one would have been... No, no, we were... No, we were all pretty, pretty low on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the episode, The Sanctuary, from there, David gave that a 5. I gave it a 6.75. <laughs> so that's like a 1 point. That'd be the biggest difference I think we'd ever given. Mm. 
Okay. Well, there we have it. I, don't, I, kind of, I kind of like the fact that we're kind of all over the place. I mean, I don't want to do it every time, but I do, I do like the fact that we had, you know, different experiences and stuff. And I, I mean, I think that's that's cool. But again, I don't want it to happen all the time. But it does, like I, like I said um, earlier, though, I am concerned about exposition dump at the very end. I'm also concerned. Maybe my my concerns are misplaced, but. I am concerned that we're going to have to um, have played or at least watch, you know, like a Twitch stream to understand more of like the Supernova two-part finale by playing the Supernova video game. Unless, unless we're like, they're pulling like a Michelle Paradise and like we have like a fake, fake episode names, right? To kind of throw us off. Maybe it's not called Supernova Part 1 and 2. I, I, think, it, I think it is. Yeah, probably is. Anyway. Well, with, um, with the craziness of um, traveling and stuff like that, there is no Twitter poll. Sorry, bud. No Twitter poll. No Twitter poll. No Twitter poll. Um, sad. Sad day. Sad day. But, um... Yeah. We have three episodes left. Three episodes left. Yep. I I, I want to see more Chicote and I want more Ronnie Cox, but what's next week's episode called? There's a neat title for next week's episode too. I haven't looked. I can look I can look it up. It's called Mind Walk. Ooh, we doing some mind melt stuff? What does that mean? Mind maybe walk. It, maybe it'll be like a Chicote thing, like a. It's probably got to do with the diviner. Like we got to go back to the diviner, like knocking out Janeway, right? The real mm-hmm. Janeway. Mm-hmm. Well, like we got to go back to that. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Um, by the way, what what does the world of IMDb and the tomato stuff look like? Oh man, IMDb is raving about the last two episodes. I bet they are. Preludes has an 8.4 rating. Not with us. <laughs> Ghost in the Machine has a 7.8. Yeah, it's not too far off. I mean, our our overall combined average rating is what 7.2 for this episode. Yeah. Well, fellas, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, as always, uh, thanks for thanks for joining me and and talking episode stuff with me. Uh, we'll be back for the next episode. You just heard it. Mind walk. So, mind walk. <laughs> let's see what happens. Let's see what happens whenever uh, you know Janeway got you know cursed or biffed or whatever by diviner and company um anyways dear listener what'd you think what'd you think um of the episode um do you have like similar ratings maybe different ratings uh, we'd love to hear uh let us know your, about your experience um of this episode and just the season right um by connecting with us on all the things facebook instagram and twitter um also check us out trtvpod.com um and also open up hailing frequencies to send us a note to trtvpod at gmail.com 
you want to, you can also um, send us a voice on the transmission to 817-752-4757. Or there's a three-minute limit, so uh, watch out before, you know, we have to use a cannon and, you know, blast you away with apples and grapes. Um, other than that, if you want to mail us something, like a skeleton key, those things are kind of cool, actually. Uh, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone... Thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, you always remember to boldly go and make it so.